What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. And non-millennial Daryl. <laughs> you have to listen to the rest of the show to see why we call him that. On today's show, we are going to count down our top 10 Disney animated movies. Indeed we are. Joining us on our show today, we have Disney experts. That's right. Disney experts and close friends of our show. So we have our good buddy, Angie Taylor, from the Network 1901 podcast. Repeat guest, she's been on many, many times. And then finally, for the first time ever, we have Corey from the No Midnight Podcast, who is definitely a friend of the show, but this is his first time appearing. That's right. We had to get him on the show. We finally managed it. A lot of you already voted, and you will hear the aggregate votes, or if you're a contributor-level sponsor, you'll hear your contribution to this podcast. We read off those things. But just in case you didn't get a chance to vote, we would love to hear your thoughts about your top 10 Disney animated movies you can share with us over at www.thestorygeeks.com. Nobody says www anymore, by the way. I don't know why I said that. Never. Thestorygeeks.com. How about that? (laughs) That's also where you can find all of our other content, more than 120 of our past podcasts, blog posts from Ashley and Anthony, our two bloggers. And for those of you who support the show on Patreon, we have all of our premium content on there as well, including the Story Geeks Aftercast. And we hope you do support the show because today's aftercast is going to be a fun one. When we do these top 10 shows, you really only get the top five if you listen to the main show. And if you want to hear six through 10, you have to listen to the aftercast. So go support us on Patreon and hear our six through 10 Disney films. Yeah, especially because a lot of times the six through 10 have the most controversial choices. And the most random. And the most random. So make sure you check out on that and check out all of our other great content. Head over to thestorygeeks.com. Daryl, what is coming up next week? Next week, for the first time ever, we're not going to talk characters. We're not going to talk specific stories. We are going to talk locations. Yes. We're going to be doing an episode on Gotham and Metropolis with Eric Malinsky. From the Imaginary Worlds podcast. And I love that podcast. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And then the week after that, we are going to go classic and talk about a movie that I've been wanting to talk about forever, and it's the 40th anniversary of it, so we're finally going to do it, and it's Superman the movie. Oh, yeah. We're going to dig deeper into that one. One of your favorites. Yeah, so thanks for listening in. Make sure you subscribe so you can listen in next week. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Let's get into our top 10. Corey and Angie, welcome to the Story Geeks podcast. Thanks. So nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. We've been wanting to have Corey for a really long time. I've been on the No Midnight podcast a couple times, I think, and I'm like, how do I get Corey on the show? We had Albie, but we haven't had Corey yet, so special day. Well, and lucky me because I got invited on the show on the show that involved a literal ton of homework (laughs) (laughs) that I, in true my own high school career fashion, did about 45 minutes ago, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you will regret but, all of the answers that come up. No, but the top It's 10, all up to you. It, do, it doesn't have to be hard work. It's, uh, it's true. It, it depends on how serious you take it. That's true. But the top 10s are always some of the, the most complex and the most emotionally damaging because you have to make hard choices. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You feel like you're betraying your childhood memories. <laughs> I am. I'm betraying everything. Yeah, it's terrible. So you get ready for emotional damage. <laughs> So uh, I listen, by the way, I'm friends with Corey, I'm friends with Angie, but I'm also a big fan of their podcast. So why don't you guys tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on with your podcast these days? 
Well, the Nomad Night podcast channel is a creative project. Uh, we do three episodes a week now. Our, our Monday show is called Theme Park Pulse, and it's just a very quick look at all of the park's news, crowd levels, refurbishments, things like that. Wednesday is our Pride and Joy show. It's called Unpacked, and it's uh, think this American life, but about all things parks pop culture and then friday is our our just fun silly friday fan forum where uh, parks fans of all kinds can get it off their chest mostly us (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're all awesome the unpacked series is phenomenal you guys have done some series in the past that are great so highly recommended angie what are you doing over at network 1901 yeah as far as podcasts go we have podcast 1901 um comes out every monday and we talk about Disney news, as well as just what's going on over at Network 1901, because we also have a YouTube page. So we kind of just like give the lineup for the week. And we also have our community corkboard section where we give our recommendations and media. Um, But we also try to kind of reach out to like everybody in the community and just see what everyone else has going on, whether it be like an event going on in your neighborhood or even just something that you can participate in online or something like that. And then on Wednesdays, we have Modern Mouse Radio. That is usually with Josh and I, and we kind of cover, like, um, insights into, like, political, sociology, um, history, and, like, science and stuff. And on Friday is always our rotating show, which we do Right now we're doing Disney-fied personalities where we try to, like, dissect a bunch of Disney characters' personalities according to the Myers-Briggs personality Angie, for the record, I am glued to that show. Are you? Glued. (laughs) Well, well, you're in luck because we love the show so much, too, and we're actually going to be turning it into a YouTube series soon. Awesome. Nice. That is cool. I feel lazy. Why is that? <laughs> we, we, we do a podcast once a week. Hey, we have, we're doing twice a week now. Fair enough. Time Slingers is going out right now, so that's, you can go listen to the audio book of Time Slingers. Why not? Uh, no, definitely recommend both those shows, both the No Midnight Podcast and Network 1901. Fantastic stuff. Uh, so go check those out. We're going to get into our top five Disney animated movies. This is not Pixar. It's really just Disney Animation Studios with a couple extra kind of Disney studio things thrown in. Yeah, animation of any type. Animation of any type. 3D, 2D, stop motion. That's right. That's right. And we're going to jump into this. Now, a couple things before we jump into it. I do have um, contributor-level sponsors, contributor-level supporters from Patreon.com. So I will be reading (laughs) off their actual answers. And then Daryl has – we did a poll. We tracked as many votes as we possibly could – to get to the aggregated top 10 as well. We'll be doing the top five on this show, and then our Patreon show will be doing 10 through six. So we've got a lot to cover in this show. A lot to cover. So we just jump into it? We're pretty, we'll probably talk about every Disney movie ever made over the next <laughs> hour and a half or so. <laughs> and we'll fight so. and argue. Yeah. And it's we also, great. Yeah, we also have to talk about what like, we didn't pick and why. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This is going to get out of hand. This is going to be a, a nine-hour podcast. Hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in at number five because I'm going to read off our contributor level. So those who support us for $5 a month or more on Patreon are our contributor level sponsors. And we have, we're have we going to read off their answers. So Monty, at his number five, came in with Aladdin. Very classic one. Adam. Adam from the No Midnight Podcast hey, is I know also guy. a contributor. <laughs> yes. 
uh, writes for you guys and does a lot of work um, on the serials, which are fantastic. Uh, he chose Peter Pan, and he said it's the best of the Silver Era, and that Hook mm. is one of the best villains ever. So there you go. Okay. Uh, Mary Baldwin chose Snow White, and she actually included a little bit where she said a lot of these are in her top because of watching them with her daughter. So it made it extra special. So there you go. And then Jim's number five is The Lion King. So, Corey, what is your number five Disney animated movie? Well, earlier we had a little group chat going, and I asked a clarifying question that will contribute to this one. You know, I asked, I said, are the the Skellington Productions films, the Tim Burton films, eligible? And you said, absolutely. So it immediately got written on my list. My number five is Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. That's going to be a popular one for the fans of the show. They're going to be like, yes. It's just such an innovative medium it brought stop motion animation back to varying degrees of success that movie was obviously successful with it but it just completely reinvigorated an art form and and managed to become an icon in the process and i just think there's no overstating how important this film was for disney mm-hmm. absolutely think of how much merchandise they've sold based on that film now too <laughs> oh, man, that's totally. ridiculous angie what came in at number five for you so, like, Jim, was it Jim that had Lion King for his yeah, number five? Yeah, <laughs> I put that, too. So, I <sighs> I really loved that movie as a kid. And, like, a lot of this list is that, like, inner child, like we were saying before. It's, like, your inner child fighting, like, who you are now. And this was, like, one of the movies that worked on both of those levels for me because I loved it then and I love it today. And on top of that, it has, like, it's, it's branding in general – just goes along so well and has such amazing staying power in my favorite Disney theme park, which is Animal Kingdom. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, they have a cool Lion King show. By the way, they picked me out of they picked me out of the crowd to do the elephant noise, which is the oh, most embarrassing no. one. Yeah, they picked me out. They're like, you got to do it, bro. And I'm like, you did an elephant noise, and then everyone made which fun of me. Which you are now. <laughs> what did that do sound like? Yeah. <laughs> no chance. Like. There's no chance I will be able to do it on this podcast. <laughs> of course, the guy's like the guy that does it that pulls you out of the audience is so good at it. And he's like, "You're doing a terrible job." I'm like, "I know. You pulled me out of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my day job, bro." You're like, "I've been uh, drinking, uh, sir." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it would help. Got to be yeah, honest. It does actually. Daryl, what's your number five? Uh, my number five was one that was kind of weird going into mm-hmm. because it was picked from an obscure Marvel comic book and adapted into an animated film. Really? So I didn't really know how to take it, but I loved it. It's Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. Mine are all going to lean towards the modern because mm. I, I became a Disney fan later in life and I really love the modern stuff. Nothing against the, the classic stuff, the Renaissance stuff. I'm 41 years old, man. <laughs> yeah, Daryl's the only non-millennial on this podcast. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so, so you there was a comic first. Did you read the comic first? No. Okay. So you it's just, pretty different. Too. Uh, okay. Okay. I've seen it. I've seen a little bit of it here and there. It's pretty different. They yeah, changed yeah. it a lot. And the only thing I can think of in the parks, because we're all parks fans as well on this podcast, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, and the only thing I can think of in the parks is there are the balloons. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah there's, yeah. there's lots of Baymax toys everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They used to have the meet and greet in Epcot or in Hollywood Studios. 
Uh, I, I want to see how fast actually. I can get kicked off of a podcast. I've never seen Big Hero 6. Oh, oh you're going to have to try a lot harder than that. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> encouraging you to do so. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, we don't we don't kick people off very often. Really. I wish some, half the time I wish I could kick myself off. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. All right, so my number five is the probably the most controversial on my list, and I almost thought that it would not be eligible, but I'm like, it has to be eligible, and it is Roger Rabbit. Because technically there's a lot of live action in that movie. It's half animation. It's half yeah, live action. I don't know. I That would have made my list too, but that was clearly 100% touchstone. It was. It was totally touchstone. But I told, I told my wife the other day, I'm like, the studio had, guys from the studio had to be working on that film. It's like we're playing with house rules now. Yeah, we are. We always play with house rules. You should see Daryl's face when I choose 11 movies to be in my top 10. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Every freaking time. <laughs> I didn't do that this time. I didn't do it this time. I promise. I promise. Um, no, but that movie, when I was a kid, when Roger Rabbit came out and I was a kid, I actually did not like it. I, w- I even remember seeing the scene with the baby that talks like a dude and smokes a cigar. And I'm like, I'm so disturbed by this that I cannot get behind this. And uh, but then watching it as an adult, and you realize how innovative that film was to to merge those two mediums in such a way. Um, and then the acting was fantastic as well. Christopher Lloyd's like what be- second best role <laughs> of all time. So really cool. What else that, has he done? Really, that film is just too manic for me. Oh, really? Like even as a kid, I was like, calm down. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. What is the aggregate choice for top? For the number five film the overall number five is zootopia oh, oh interesting with um 60 points overall nice so you know we did the whole thing where first place gets 10 points second place nine points yeah so on and so forth so uh 60 points wow that's pretty good i like that i like that it may be showing up on my list at some that was too much mathing for me <laughs> you guys I did it all for right. you. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. Yeah. That's right. I don't have a choice. <laughs> all right. Here it comes. In, here the number fours come in. So we have Monty chooses Simba's Pride, which I think is the only choice on those that I'll be reading off that was not a theatrical release. Interesting. There's, was, there's plenty I, more in the overall list, not in the top ten. Not in the top ten. Yeah. Sure. That would have made my list though if I if I would have thought it would be counted. Really? Yeah, I haven't I seen love Simba's that Pride. Movie. Really? What what about it stands out to you? Um probably the music in it and it's like it's kind of the same like just a retelling of the Lion King, but I don't know the way they do it. It's just it, it seems different and it's still like very touching. Oh, there you go. So yeah. Angie and Monty are on the same page. Adam came uh, with his number 4 chose Aladdin and and noted that it was almost exclusively because of Robin Williams. Which is a good reason to it's choose. It's hard to argue movie. with that. It is hard to argue. That movie was a success almost exclusively because of Robin <laughs> Yeah, <Williams>. that's <laughs> very true. Very true. And the music. Yeah. Mary's number four is The Little Mermaid. Um, and actually, she, she noted that her daughter drove her nuts watching it over and over, but it still has a special place in her heart. And then Jim's number four is Peter Pan. So, Corey, what is your number four? My number four is Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. It just is such a solid musical in general. Like every single one of the songs in that in that film held up on Broadway without hesitation. And I think just overall as a theatrical musical production, I just think it's one of the most well-rounded uh, animated musicals ever made. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How did you feel about the live action version? I enjoyed it. It was a little bit too popcorn for me, but mm. I really liked what they tried to do with it. And I think it, it obviously it was a hit and it did great. I, I thought it was good, but it wasn't completely satisfying. Yeah. Mm. I do think the end credit scene for that movie is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Angie, what's your number four? Uh, mine is Zootopia. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I just feel like. That was the first time that I was personally like really awed by something that Disney had come out with. Um, like, I mean, I grew up like during the Renaissance era, so like Disney was already huge to me when I was coming up as a kid. So, you know what, like the Little Mermaid was maybe for people my age at the time that it came out is like what Zootopia kind of was for me. Like, it just kind of surprised me and blew me away yeah that's cool yeah i love zootopia i was really surprised by zootopia as well i I went into it expecting it to be kind of one of those just throwaway movies that i'll go see it because it looks cute and you know once you get into that plot and and realize the 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 social impact of what they're trying to say it's a really really powerful piece absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely daryl number four Number four for me is Winnie the Pooh from 2011. Really? Yeah. I love that movie. I love the kind of the blending of the really, really classic and the modern, you know? And I get the same vibe from the Peanuts movie that was put out by Blue Sky Hmm. a few years back. Yeah. But um, I just, it's, there's something so charming about that movie. Hmm. I love it to death. Ah, that's cool. I've no, I don't uh, think I've ever seen that movie. Really? Yeah. I need to go watch it now. It's really good. Yeah. I am going to be Team Corey on this one. I have Beauty and the Beast as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my number four. So, so if you ask me the question, what are the most iconic Disney animated movies? And you guys might... You might as might argue with me on this, and you guys are Disney experts. Well, so I you think can that's kind of idiot. isn't that the episode? <laughs> yeah, that what we're doing. <laughs> well, so so I think of them as iconic, meaning like everybody kind of has to say like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Disney animation, right? Right. Not, not your favorite. <laughs> Bolt. <laughs> Road yeah. to El Dorado. Oh wait, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pete's Dragon. Yeah, but I I think it's kind of like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, and then Beauty and the Beast. Right, like those those three are so iconic. At least, mm-hmm. and, and and I think a lot of people might argue that, and might include Peter Pan or Cinderella. But to me, those are the three most iconic. And to and in my mind, Beauty and the Beast of the three has the best storyline. The one and the storyline that will stay relevant for the longest period of time, in my opinion. Because some of those other storylines, think- you watch them and you're like. Like I watched Peter Pan recently, I was like, "There's a lot that's offensive about this movie." <laughs> uh, I think you could be right because, like, I mean, Snow White and Cinderella. You said Snow White, Cinderella, and Beauty and the Beast, right? Well, or, so, or like, I replaced Cinderella with Sleeping Beauty, so Snow White. Okay, Sleeping Beauty, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. yeah, either I guess either what I was gonna say works for either of them. They came out at a time when. Uh, when the movies were being made for the kids and the adults especially like family movies and like they were they had these like uh like they appealed to everybody and i feel like beauty and the beast like kind of did that too where like 
uh, like Josh's grandmother loves Beauty and the Beast. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Josh's grandmother doesn't really care for Ariel so much <laughs> as far as like princess movies go. And that's what Disney is like. Like it, princess movies are already the iconic Disney thing. Now, which of the princesses are the most iconic? It's really those. Yeah. Well, and these films ca- came out at a time too when Disney had not quite mastered their formula yet, mm. and they were still trying to figure out what their formula is. Now they've got it down to a science, Frozen and Moana. Um, <laughs> but but back then there was still a certain degree of artistic experimentation happening, and I think it was a, a really innovative time. And things have gotten a little bit whitewashed now, but it's. I think that's that's one of the things that makes these movies so iconic is that nothing like them had ever been done before. Yeah, that's really good. What's the aggregate for number four? They're with you guys. It's Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yep. Ooh. Then that means yeah. we're right. It's a win. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. Statistically, we are we are right. We get to walk around just saying, you know what? I was right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, comes in at number four with eighty-seven points. Eighty-seven points. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm actually kind of surprised it didn't it didn't make the top three because I know that it's my wife's favorite movie. So um, I think a lot of people will have it up near the top. So. Just give your wife a shout out. Yeah, we, Daryl and I. Do we that. do it every week. Pretty we, much. we do it all <laughs> the time. <laughs> all right, number three. So Monty has at number three Atlantis: The Lost Empire, which is a bold choice. I still haven't seen that. I've always wanted to, but very Same. brave, very brave, very Same. brave choice. So only only Corey, you're the only one that's actually seen it. I've seen it. It was so long ago that I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> but yes, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, crazy. I got. I gotta go watch it. I guess. Uh, Adam came in with Snow White and said it was a trailblazer, and it's still visually stunning, which is very true. It's true. Uh, Mary says The Lion King, and uh, she she actually wrote a little story that was pretty cute. Her daughter ran into the room because she heard the actors who played Timon and Pumbaa. They were on the TV, and she could not believe that those were the dudes that voiced <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. And well, then, Ernie, Sab- Ernie Sabella and Nathan Lane are both not what you're expecting, so no. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then Jim's number three is Fantasia. Which, if you think of animation, then that's that's a that's definitely a classic. Um, Corey, what is your number three? My number three. We're going to the beginning of the Disney decade, the Disney's second renaissance. We're going to the Little Mermaid. Ooh, number three on my list. Yeah, what what makes it number three? I think because of what it was and when it was. It was this real leap into another creative renaissance it was back to that experimentation i mentioned earlier where um disney went all out for the first time in several years and when disney goes all out it's usually those of us that are watching the film that are benefiting from that and i think uh, the little mermaid changed the game and reinvented the game again the same way snow white had decades before Hmm. awesome yeah angie what is your number three Mine is also the Little Mermaid. Ooh, two for two. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I I picked a more personal reason. That was it, it was kind of my first princess movie, and like as a little girl, I just really latched onto her, and I had the sheets, and I had the lunchbox, and like all that stuff. So I just I I feel like when I think of like my childhood, the Little Mermaid really stands out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Daryl, three for three, Little Mermaid? 
No, I'm going to derail the train. (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) Non-millennial Daryl. That's right. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, we're calling him that from now on. That's my new name. It's a t-shirt. I like it. Uh, Zootopia, I have it number three. Ooh, nice. Similar reasons as to what Angie was talking about? Yeah, it, it was unexpected for me. It was... I agree with Corey. It was it was deeper than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. and I cared a lot more about the characters than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, good music. It's not a movie that I get tired of. I have yeah. two sons, and they've watched it over and over <laughs> and over and over again, and yeah. I'm still cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't complain about Zootopia. My number three is probably the, the other really controversial one on my list, especially after I listened to Josh and Angie's Modern Mouse Radio podcast about it, and it's The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, which, my wife loves – there's my shout-out right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. My wife loves that movie. I love it. I think – so. I'm, I'm one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. And casting David Spade – had to be a risk for them. It had to be a risk for them. Is that maybe the one time the in history when it turned out to be a, a good risk. idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe. Maybe. Well, no. Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Yeah. Those yeah, are great. Those are fantastic. But yeah, no, Corey's right. I mean, the entire the, the entire cast is a risk. But It was like a sitcom cast plus Eartha Kitt, yep. if you think about it. Like, it was all sitcom stars. Yeah. Yeah, and... and after I listened to the Modern Mouse Radio, because it had a lot of um, production issues and had trouble getting out the door, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I only listened to that because I listened to Network 1901. Um, but <laughs> plugs are coming in hard. Tonight. Oh, I know. I just got to sell you guys. What am I? What else am I supposed to do? Um, the the what I realized after listening to that podcast was that's how funny that movie is to me. Is that it doesn't matter all of the troubles that it had. It doesn't matter any of those things. When I show up to that film, I laugh like crazy. And you're like, I don't need Sting on the soundtrack. I got David Spade, and he's funny. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I mean, the movie does work, right? Oh yeah, it totally works. And he learns a valuable lesson in the end, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I dig it. What's the what's the collective top three though? What's the collective number three? Never before has anybody else ever said, "I don't need Sting. I got David Spade." <laughs> <laughs> Quote it. I'm just saying. That's another That's T-shirt. That's another T-shirt. Yep. yep. We're breaking ground here. Uh, number three overall is Aladdin. Oh, okay. I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised by that. No. Do you now? Here's a question for you. Do you think the Emperor's New Groove is funnier, or do you think Aladdin is funnier? Are you asking me personally? I'm asking everybody on the podcast. Mm. Emperor's New Groove. Same. I agree. I mean, Emperor's New Groove has like more laughs throughout. Like it's mostly a comedy, but Aladdin's moments of funniness. Oh, I think. Well, I have if to you say- really break it down, like like what Angie's saying, like it, it, Aladdin's yeah. kind of. If you really think about it, it's dark. It's oh, a dark film. True. Yeah. With some comic relief in the form of the, one of the funniest human beings to ever walk the earth. But Emperor's <laughs> yeah. New Groove, like we mentioned earlier, it's an all sitcom cast. It's got sitcom comedic timing. Yeah. It, it, so I think it was intended to be hysterical. Yeah, it's a great point. So, so, here's, so Angie, are you choosing? So Aladdin? I don't have to answer. No, oh. no you have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna circle back. <laughs> Um, uh, I think Ember is a new groove. Oh, yes. so we're yeah. four for four. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I'll take it farther, and this is my chance to get kicked off the podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't like Aladdin. You don't like Aladdin? I don't like it. Oh. 
I don't wow. like it. I don't like it. I don't want to do that. I recognize the greatness of it, but I just don't enjoy it. Huh. Whenever You know who likes Aladdin? Who? Millennials. Millennials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And five-year-olds, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, so coming in at number two for Monty is Treasure Planet. So Monty is sticking to his guns with that era of film right there, right? Because yeah. he just had yeah, Atlantis, yeah. and now mm-hmm. he's got Treasure Planet. Um, Adam has The Lion King, which he says is maybe the best ensemble vocal performance ever. Oh. That's a strong yeah. statement, but hey, I it'd be hard not to argue, to argue with that, wouldn't it be? I don't know. Yeah. Let's play it in the side. <laughs> <laughs> in its entirety. Yeah, exactly. One and yeah. go. We'll be and back in an hour. Cast, yeah. <laughs> Full commentary from the Story Geeks <laughs> Midnight Podcast. And Network Are there copyright laws on Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mary Baldwin has Aladdin, so she's even putting it higher than the aggregate. Um, and uh, she said that her daughter at Disneyland wore her genie high tops and told the cast member playing Jafar, Ooh, bad Jafar, which I think a lot of us have said when we saw the Jafar at Disneyland. Uh, and then wow. Jim, Jim comes in with the rescuers, which is, oh, yeah. hey, that's a bold choice. That was a too. sleeper. Yeah, definitely a sleeper. I actually don't even remember. I know I've seen the rescuers, but I cannot remember it at all. I've not revisited it. All right, Corey. The only thing the the rescuers is on my radar only because and now now I'm going to sneak a plug in, Jay. Only because we did a show uh, earlier this year called Things Disney Wishes You Would Forget, and we did an entire episode on. Um, I hope I can say this word on genitals. Oh, yeah. But in a really tongue-in-cheek and funny sort of way, and there's a whole story about the rescuers that uh, made it into that episode, and it's pretty well known. You guys seem to have more fun recording that episode than any other episode you've recorded. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. Just being eight-year-old boys. <laughs> there was so many laughs in that show. Oh, millennials. <laughs> so, Corey, what is your number two, though? The number two on my list... Pinocchio. Oh, I think it, it's just. I mean, even even if only for its soundtrack, it's an icon. I mean, mm-hmm. when you wish upon a star has become Disney's theme song mm-hmm. completely in every way. It's in every single fireworks show. It's everything. Um, Pinocchio to me has a really fantastic message. Mm. Um, with the concept, I think the concept of a conscience was. Um, I, I know a couple of you guys on this podcast are religious. I think the concept of a conscience was a was a, a, an exceptional way to explain um, a personal relationship with God mm. in, a, in a certain way. And I think that uh, I think that the movie innovated yet again in animation. I mean, the entire monstro sequence was just completely groundbreaking. I think Pinocchio. People sleep on Pinocchio. Like it's not it's not really one that just comes up all the time. But man, if it wasn't a masterpiece. Yeah. It was also the final animated film that Walt Disney touched too, so maybe that had something to do. Really? With it. Mm-hmm. Oh no way! Now I feel like it. It should be higher on my list. <laughs> after that, after that, I'm like, you sold me. You <laughs> sold me convicted. on that. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, just uh, as a millennial, we don't say religious anymore. We say spiritual. No. <laughs> <laughs> just as a millennial, uh, Angie, what is your number two? I'll file that away. <laughs> <laughs> Angie, what's your number two? Uh, 
I have Frankenweenie for my number two. <laughs> That's awesome. Really? Yeah. Does that even make, did that even get another vote um, in all of the aggregates? No. <laughs> This is the most Angie thing that's ever happened on this show. No, it did not. And I should point out that Song of the South did. What? what? Who voted for that? I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. That's crazy town. All right. So well. let's get back to Frank and Weenie. Time for a Patreon cleanup. That's right. Well, obviously this movie was made for me. I mean... Um, well, okay, so like I have a really deep connection with my dogs, and it's not something that you always see represented in a film as kind of like a main storyline, as like at least as far as making a dog an actual dog and not a dog who talks and has choices in life and you know does all that stuff like a humanized dog. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just seemed like it was a real story it was like my story it was like it, it was like a, a person's love for a jo- a dog and it was done in an unapologetic way and i just felt like a connection to it because of that yeah there you go that's a, yeah. that's as good a reason as any to love a film <laughs> for sure yeah daryl what's your number two uh, I have a really strong connection to long blonde hair. No, that's a stupid <laughs> joke. Tangled is my number two. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? I don't with know. This? I don't know. <laughs> Jamie is not going to be happy. About no, she's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tangled. Nice. I love Tangled. And speaking of Jamie, it is her it. favorite movie. You haven't seen it, Corey? Really? Oh man! Worst Parks podcaster in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Although, in my defense, the only attraction from Tangled is a marker on some bathrooms at the Magic Kingdom. So, yeah, like, it's not it's not really on my radar. Yeah. But I'll see it eventually. Yeah, there is the, uh, where is it, in uh, Magic Kingdom, they've got the, is that where it is in the marker? they got the, like, the house, the yeah, tower, or whatever. Yeah, her, her tower yeah. sticks up above the bathroom that sits yeah. between the Small World and Haunted Mansion show buildings. Yeah. It's very classy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. And, of course, I know that song. you know the one (laughs) Um, my number two has already been mentioned by quite a few people but uh, you guys said all the same things I would have said the depth of the film is extraordinary in fact it's Zootopia halfway through Zootopia I'm sitting there going yeah I've heard this message before and it's a good message don't get me wrong but I'm a little bit bummed out that we're retreading the same message again (laughs) and then they just switch it on you and you go Oh, that's well done. That is really well done. So we can give that message and then make it even deeper by giving a, another message on top of it. That's just fantastic. I think the only reason why it doesn't make my top spot, because um, it, it really does from a story standpoint, um, is that I don't know that I can right now, if I can put a 3D animated film above a 2D animated film. So mm. Interesting. So we'll see. But trying to think of what your top spot's going to be. Yeah, you can maybe we'll ha- I'll have you guess it. So what is the aggregate number coming in at number two? Moana. Moana. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about that? Hasn't even been mentioned by any of us yet. No. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. How many times did you vote in the poll, Daryl? <laughs> I didn't at all. Okay. <laughs> That's super cool. All right, guys, you ready to get into the number ones? I will say it really quickly. Yeah. I will say Moana beat Aladdin by only one point. 
Oh, okay. So they're 94 and 93. For two and three. It's a okay. good company. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the number ones. Uh, Coming in number one from Monty is Meet the Robinsons. So Monty's just going like off the rails. He's like, I saw that a lot on here. Everybody else who thinks that they're going to have the top ten that matches Monty's is totally wrong. It's totally different than everybody's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't even try. Yeah. Adam came in with Beauty and the Beast and said it is damn near flawless. Which, uh, you know, can't disagree with that. Mary's mm-hmm. is also Beauty and the Beast. And... She actually said it's the first film that came out after her daughter was born. So Mary has a lot of the connections to the films um, through her daughter. So that's a that's a cool thing. And then uh, Jim's number one is Snow White, which is, of course, a super classic film in Disney history. So, Corey, what is your number one Disney animated film? My number one is number one because of how iconic it is. You, we, we talked about the word iconic earlier and how it's one of those films that just everybody on the planet knows. Everybody knows a song from this. Everybody knows a character from this. Everybody knows a concept from this. Um, my number one is The Lion King. Ooh, nice. Nice. Fantastic animation, too. That that The way that that movie was drawn and colored is just amazing yeah mm-hmm. well it was a perfect blending of the the tra- traditional animation and the the computer animation and i think that it was a great combo and they uh, yet again broke new ground if you're noticing a theme um i like i like films that push the envelope and change things and you know uh, this this was a very dark theme it's, you know not not a little darker than Aladdin, but but still, you know, in that same vein of a dark story that Disney managed to bring some light to and make really fun through the use of comedic, uh, comic relief, you know, with, uh, with with Timon and Pumbaa, and obviously changing up the you know kind of changing up the the typical ending to the story and and making and 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 just making a phenomenal film in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was a risk that Disney took too, honestly. A risk? Why? What was it? What was the risk? Just, just like the. I mean, like people don't like cats. Yeah, <laughs> especially not the big ones. <laughs> I mean, just think about like what had worked for Disney in the past, and what had not worked for Disney in the past. Like, I mean, The Rescuers was one one movie that had come out before The Lion King that hadn't worked, and it was like an all animal cast. And the movies that traditionally had worked for Disney in the past tended to be the um the princess movies Mm. yeah it's a good point it's a really Mm. good point so what is your number one film angie my number one film is pocahontas oh Um, wow yeah another sleeper (laughs) yeah um i actually i felt like i connected with her a lot as a child um i don't know like i didn't know why necessarily but I think, like, as I got older and I had more of, like, you know, that that appreciation for, like, you know, all living beings that she kind of talks about and she sings about and I could sing about, you know, like, I, I started to, like, see why that connection was there. And now that I've been doing the podcast that I had mentioned earlier um, with the, the Disney personality types, if you go by the Myers-Briggs personality types and, like, the stereotypes and all that, She's actually the same personality type that I am. So I feel like oh. I'm even like more connected with her because mm. of that. That's cool. And the music. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's pretty fantastic. And a great, great villain too, you know? So 
And like, but when I say great villain, what I mean is like he's just such a loser. <laughs> You're just like this yeah. guy must. This guy must be defeated. <laughs> oh yeah, no one's rooting for him at no, all. No, no, no. People don't even like. Well, I mean, maybe maybe there are people that are like he's my favorite, but everyone likes like Scar and Ursula and like the cool villains, yeah, and everyone's like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's one of those creepy villains where he's just like that. Yeah. you don't dress up for like him in his Halloween or anything. You're like, I want no. nothing to do with this guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Daryl, what is your number one? My number one is my favorite Disney movie. My favorite animated movie. Probably one of my top ten favorite movies. Yeah. Period. And it's Moana. Yeah. I just, I love that movie so much. I love the music. I love the journey of the characters. Not as much Maui, but more Moana. Mm-hmm. And and that the end scene when she is facing Taka, that scene is as captivating to me as anything in a Chris Nolan film or a Steven Spielberg film or anything else. Like, that just gets me every single time. Yeah. Also contained one of the best sort of what do you, what do you call it? like the it was it was that movie that had the short film right the I Lava You I think so yeah I think it was that. well it was inspired it, that came earlier but right it was like it was yeah. like it's like a promotional tool almost but that that's one of those ones where you see that and you're like oh, I'm gonna cry now <laughs> and then I'll go watch your movie and give give you all my money yeah that's cool it's a one two good one two punch. Moana's fantastic. Great music, too. I mean, we just drive around and listen to that soundtrack really? all the time. Like, yeah. It's just one of our go-tos. Yeah. And we, Do Darryl you skip the I, Maui song? Actually, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've really come to like the, uh, the version that plays over the credits better with... Um, uh, I'm forgetting names of very famous people. Lin-Manuel Lin- Lin- Miranda yeah. and, the, and the other singer. But um, there's, it's more of a kind of a hip-hop soul version of that mm. song. And it's a lot better, mostly just because the guy that sings on it is an incredible singer. Yeah. And we got to talk to a special shout out back, call back to our show. We got to do a show on Moana with one of the voice casts. We did, yeah. With Cisa Gray. Yep. That was super super cool. Yeah. Well, my number one, I think, is the most underrated Disney animated movie of all time, personally, because I don't think anybody puts it at number one besides me, but it's The Princess and the Frog. I love The Princess and the Frog. That has been sitting in my wow. DVD cabinet for three or four years now, and mm-hmm. I still haven't watched it. Are you serious? Well, I keep meaning to. I haven't to. seen it either. Oh, you have <laughs> to go see it. it. The, okay, so first of all, the 2D animation is gorgeous. The music is phenomenal. And I even love there's – there's uh, you guys will have to watch for this when you watch it, but there's um, sort of like a dream sequence – because uh, Tiana is, is wants to start her restaurant. She wants to become an entrepreneur. And so she goes to do that, and she has a dream sequence, and they switch the animation uh, to a different style of animation, and it is phenomenal. It's mm. phenomenal. Um, and also, it's another one of those, just like Zootopia, where it takes a classic fairy tale, but then it just tweaks it a little bit, and it's a, kind of a cool message. So Princess and the Frog is number one for me. I will say well, that my- it is. Oh no, I take it back. A couple people. I thought it didn't get mentioned at all in the aggregate, but two people did mention. It. <laughs> two people. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well. well, it's my turn to mention my significant other because it's not Josh's favorite Disney animated movie, but it's his favorite princess. 
Okay. I knew I liked I'm that. I'm just Josh. so relieved it was Josh you were talking about. Because otherwise, <laughs> I was going to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'll, we'll have to. I'll have to talk about that next time. Next time we do, we're talking about doing a Nick Nick Cage podcast together. But we should do a special episode of the Nick Cage podcast about Princess and the Frog. <laughs> like, that what? would be almost as silly as someone doing a whole podcast about Jeff Goldblum. Like no one's ever going to do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's only yeah, been done. <laughs> <laughs> People will podcast about anything. Um, <laughs> all right, so that is our top five. We're going to get into our 10 through 6 choices. Wait, wait, overall choice, overall choice. Oh, I'm skipping the overall choice. You're leaving out all the fans, everybody that voted. Yeah, sorry. The grand finale. Oh, big, the grand big, finale. big jerk. I thought, th- I thought it was all about me. That's why I, th- I was going to say, Jay <laughs> dropped his number one and was like, and that's the show. That's, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My movie wins. That's right. What is the aggregate? What is the aggregate vote? Well, now I don't want to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, The Lion King. Oh, there you go. Oh, I win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Lion King. Wow. Well, that's how you get Corey back on your show. By like a landslide, Winning. too. So second place had 94 points. The Lion King had 132 points. Whoa. I'm going to dine out on that for a week. Well, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to uh, plug the Patreon show where we're going to go through our 10 through 6. And I will tell you now, the Lion King is not in my top 10. That's kind of crazy. But well, you're just weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is a true statement. Um, so we're going to dive into the Patreon. So, so Corey and Angie, thanks so much for joining us for this part of it. And uh, I think you guys are going to join us for a little bit at least on the Patreon yes. as well. So mm-hmm. you can keep hearing from them. All you got to do is become a $2 a month supporter of the Story Geeks podcast on Patreon. And we always appreciate it when you do. So we will catch you on that. Well, that is it for today's show. Special thanks to Angie and Corey for joining us today. Coming up next week on the Story Geeks podcast, we are going to be talking about Gotham and Metropolis with Eric Malinsky. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on that. That's right. And head over to thestorygeeks.com where you can find our aftercast today. If you want to know what our 10 through 6 top Disney animated movies are, you got to listen to that on the Aftercast. Additional thoughts on today's podcast topics from Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder are also at thestorygeeks.com. Don't miss out on that. Yeah, all supporters of the Story Geeks gain access to today's Aftercast and all past and future Aftercasts as well. So for more information on the Aftercast and all of our other premium content, head over to thestorygeeks.com. Yeah, and if you enjoy, or as Jay puts it, www.thestorygeeks.com. <laughs> That's right, old school. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcast, please share our show with a geek friend. So thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories, and always seek the truth. <laughs>